to identify timings of the market because different asset class have different timing requirements and identifying different location, where is the demand, how they're able to analyze uh, sub-market demand is key as well. So these are some of the things that a strong operator need to have. It's that time of year again, tax season. Dun, dun, dun. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return. And there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the new tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide in I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And well, I hope you're having a best ever weekend, first and foremost. And because today is Sunday, we got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday. And the purpose of Skill Set Sunday is to help you hone or acquire a skill that you might not have had before or to the degree that you will have honed it after this conversation. And here's a skill. So our best ever guest today has recently published a book on passive investing in commercial real estate. In fact, it's called Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, Insider Secrets to Financial Independence. So here's looking at you, passive investor. We've got some information for you that will likely help you make better decisions or even better decisions, I should say, on what you choose to invest in. So with us today to talk about that, James Kandasamy. How you doing, James? Hey, I'm doing very well, Joe. Thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you. And you mentioned, have you back on the show and best ever listeners, episode 1,273. James was interviewed and he gave his best ever advice. That's 1,273 titled Deep Value Add Apartment Syndications. And James was gracious enough to talk about how he is getting off-market deals and closing on off-market deals and his whole approach. He went through that approach in detail. If you are an active investor, I highly recommend listening to that episode 1,273. 
So James is the owner of Achieve Investment Group. He's a multifamily sponsor owning approximately a thousand units in Central Texas, focused on value-add deals. And as I mentioned, he recently published the book Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, Insider Secrets to Financial Independence. So with that being said, James, since you already went over your background in the previous episode, we won't touch on that as much. How about let's just dive right into it. How did you structure your book? And then we'll take it from there. So the way I structured my book is it's a very good read in terms of it's exactly like you're having a conversation with me. So the reason I want to do that is because I'm an engineer, technical books very well, but I choose not to do that because a lot of passive investors are not engineers, right? They're not going to be going into bullet by bullet, right? So the way I structured it, there's like seven chapters in this book going from all the key chapters, all the key information that a passive investor need to know to get started and to be a smarter passive investor right now. And it's a very conversational book and we have launched it in Amazon right now and we're getting very, very good reviews from the seasoned passive investors. So it's giving tips for secrets to, as you said, you have insider secrets for financial independence. What are some insider secrets that you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Some of it is like, you know, how do we get started? There's a lot of ways to get started. Some people get started in commercial real estate, especially where we focus, right? Multifamily syndication, just because they were introduced to a group. But that is not the only way to get started, right? There's a lot of other things that you can start it. Like you can start it in online forums like Bigger Pocket, right? Facebook, just going to a meetup, right? And how do you introduce yourself in a meetup? What are the questions to say? Or what are the questions to ask in an online forum? Or, you know, how do you introduce yourself in an online meetup? or a meetup itself, right? So that are the things that a lot of people didn't know because they hear one advertisement on the radio or through Facebook or through somewhere where they heard about real estate and they went for the two-day weekend and they thought that's the holy grail multifamily syndication, right? But if you look at it, there's a lot of other ways to get started. So that's one thing. The other thing is the two big chapters in this book is basically how do you consider deal? Passive investors, sometimes they're so green in their approach to real estate investing. Sometimes they like the deal just based on numbers or based on the group. Sometimes they put too much hope on the group, right? There's some group is going to save all their money, is going to take care of their money. But they forgot that all this syndication is basically private LLCs whose responsible is solely borne by the deal sponsor. Mm-hmm. And also, how do they look at deal sponsor? How do they choose different types of deal sponsor? And what do they look for in that deal sponsor? How do they match that deal sponsor skill set with the deals itself? Because not all deals are the same, right? There's deep value add, there's value add, there's also core deal, which is basically focusing on the cash flow. And what's their investment cycle? Like, for example, someone who's just starting up, who has a W2 job in their 30s, what kind of deals should they be looking for versus someone who's there in 60s? and is almost retiring, already retired, really hoping on that cash flow to come in to sustain their life. What kind of deals they should be looking for? What kind of sponsor do they need to align? So a lot of reflection back into the passive investor itself and get them to choose the right deal for themselves rather than just looking at the deal, going to a webinar or being part of a group and thinking that that's all it is and I can invest in any deals. So these are the two big chapters that I have. There's a lot of other chapters too, like on the process itself, you know, how does the whole process work? Right? Because a lot of people who are starting up as a passive investor, they do not know how do they communicate with the deal sponsor and where do the capital source coming in? Some capital source may not be the best source for that deal or may not be the best source for them, right? Which one have taxes? Which one doesn't have tax? 
and how do you avoid all these tax? So there's a lot of secrets that people like us know that not every passive investors know. And I'm surprised. You know, I have a lot of passive investors uh, investing with me, and a lot of them need to know all this information. What are some of the things that you mentioned? Maybe pick out one or two that when you shared those things with some of your passive investors, it was eye-opening to them because I'm sure that could be eye-opening for others too during our conversation. Yeah, for some of it on the constant deals, like for example, as a passive investor, I know right now, you know, multifamily is hard, but multifamily goes in cycles and I did put in a lot of data that I researched myself, 15 years of data in terms of different asset classes, right? And we take a market, like for example, I took Austin in this case and I did analyze looking at different cycles of commercial real estate. And I can bet you nobody have that data in any other book or anywhere else because I did the research myself, 15 years of data, different asset classes put into a cycle, convert it into a chart and show them in a chart to say that what does each asset class does, especially in Austin, Texas. Same thing you can do for any market, but I took Austin, Texas, and I just showed them sometimes what you think is the best investment or what the gurus are telling you may not be the best investment, right? So, for example, for passive investors, they can invest in any asset class because they're passive, right? So, and what should they look for? Specifically, like look for good operators in that asset class. So that's one thing on top of the many other things. How do you right? define good operator? I would say good operator depends on what kind of deals they're doing. If they're doing deep value add, there's a lot of skills that they need to have for deep value add. So strong property management, strong project management, strong budget management, and also the capabilities of finding that kind of deals and turning around. So that's a skill that a good operator need to have in a deep value add deal. Whereas on a core deal, it's a different skill set. So some of the skills may not be strong and they need to be able to manage the property management to a lesser degree. They need to be able to identify which market has that cash flow potential and able to go on for longer term. So good operator depends on what type of deals they're doing. And you can't really swap core type of deal. Operators can't really do deep value add. Right. So I think you can always go from deep value add to core because the complexity become much, much less, but you can't go the other way around. And also the other skills that good operators have, they have good leadership skills. Operators are a strong leader. You need to be able to fire a property management company if they're not doing very well. You need to be able to go and identify different aspects of the deal, like what marketing is working, what marketing is not working. So you need a strong leadership skills, like strong business experience. What business have they done in the past not everybody from w2 can do this job because in w2 you are not a business person you're more of an intrapreneur but when you come to an entrepreneur where you're running a business on your own the whole show is on yourself so you need to be able to make that quick decision when you're doing the syndication on multifamily or any commercial real estate because you are the captain of the ship and not everybody can be the captain of ship sorry to say guys it is what it is. So strong business experience, strong leadership experience, you know, ability to identify timings of the market because different asset class have different timing requirements and identifying different location, where is the demand, how they're able to analyze uh, sub-market demand is key as well. So these are some of the things that a strong operator need to have. I did lay out very detailed in tabulated form in my book to say which type of deal needs what type of operator. And there are some of the skills that a strong operator needs to have. In terms of if a deal is right for the investor, so the passive investor, there are so many different types of deals, mm -hmm. so many different types of asset classes. Correct. 
and so many different types of structures that a deal can have preferred mm-hmm. return, no preferred return, certain mm-hmm. equity investor, debt investor. What are some questions that the passive investor should ask him or herself to determine the type of deals that they should be investing in? That's an awesome question. So I've covered in depth in my book. So at high level on a syndicated commercial real estate, there's two types of compensation. One is called more of a profit split or carried interest or equity split. That's one thing. The other one is more of a waterfall prep return type of deal. So both has pro and con. There's no such one is better than the other one. So, But a lot of people are just exposed to one and they think that is the most superior compensation model and that's the best way to do deals, right? So it depends. There's pro and cons on both sides of the deal type uh, in terms of structure. And for investors, they really need to look at, like for example, for a PREF return deal, that's pro and con. The good thing about PREF return is the investors do have a base return coming back to them. But the bad part is there's also, say you're getting an 8% return during the operation. And let's say there's a potential of doing 10% cash and cash uh, during the operation. The 2%, let's say you do a 70-30 split, it's really the out of 2% of 70-30 is only 30% of 0.6% going to the sponsor. So I think it's less motivating for the sponsor to really push on the cash flow. It's more heavy on the fee side of it, right? So it's more beneficial for the sponsor to be at the starting point, at the end point, rather than on the operation side of it. Whereas on the equity split, it's a lot more focused on the operation because if you make a lot more profit, then the sponsor makes more money. So the sponsor will be more motivated to make more money throughout the whole operation. But the bad part about equity split is if the deal is not doing very well, <laughs> the investors are not going to get anything. Right? They probably get like 2-3%. The base return is not there. Right? So there's pro and cons in both and it depends on the deal. Whether it's a value at deal, whether it's a cash flowing deal. So it really depends. <laughs> Yes. Hope I I made sense. Yeah. And as an equity investor, every investor should know prior to being an equity investor, the pros and cons of that. And I know the preferred return mitigates some of that because Uh they're getting first in line on the return. Correct. Correct. And you'd be surprised on how many people doesn't know the difference when they talk, oh, this person is taking 30% of the 70-30 split and the other person is talking 80-20, the other person talking 90-10. And nobody really understands what are we talking about here? And I did a lot of analysis on both structures and I realized it's both the same, but it does motivate the sponsor and protect the passive investors at different points of the time on the whole deal. So I did outline that in the book. Also, some structures are more debt rather than equity. So some people don't understand that too, right? So rather than giving a, being an equity partner, they become a debt partner, but they do not know, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did outline that a bit more. Anything else that you think we should talk about that we haven't discussed before we wrap up? I would say there's a lot of things in the book. I mean, we can't, it's a bit hard to go through in the podcast. Uh, some of the things I covered is on the capital sources, right? Like what kind of, do you take IRA? Do you do QRP or do you do cash? Which one is the best way? Right? Because IRA do have, you know, UBIT and UDFI taxes, which not many people know. And how do you get away with that tax? So like using QRP. And in Texas, there's another way to take out your 401k even while working, right? So I did outline that as well, which is it's crazy. Not many people knows that. But I think as a passive investor, it's good to know that, that that's an option to take out your 401k while working, as long as you're married. James, how can the best ever listeners get your book and learn more about what you got going on? 
My book is on Amazon right now. I have Kindle, audiobook, and paperback all released. We are a bestseller right now. In fact, we're a bestseller for the past two days. Congratulations Usually, on that. Thank you. Thank you. Usually people go to a bestseller for a bleep, and then after that disappears, and people take a screenshot, right? but we have been doing it for two days. You can take a video. <laughs> you can take a video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can reach me at achieveinvestmentgroup.com. My email address is james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Achieve is like achieving a goal achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Well, James, thank you for sharing with us some thoughts as a general partner that passive investors should think through whenever they're investing in deals, what to consider prior to investing, how to think about the deal sponsor, what questions to ask the deal sponsor, and you know what deal is right for the investor because ultimately there's all sorts of different opportunities out there and there's all sorts of different personalities and risk profiles and appetites for risk. So there's not necessarily a deal that is structured incorrectly, but it might be structured incorrectly for what you want as an investor, the point in time that you're investing and what you're looking for. So thanks for talking through that, James. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Joe. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account. The account's free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best taxes. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dwellyn.com forward slash show.